If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If you haven't heard how things went at the L.A. City Council meeting last night, man, stick around because we'll get to that later this hour. It's danged entertaining. I would say it was a zoo. Uh, you know, it's funny. We're about to talk about a laptop. Uh, as I sit here at my uh, microphone to Jack's right, your left. Uh, there it goes. Finally, uh, my PC that I use, my main computer. I got a couple of uh, screens running off of it. It is absolutely crashed this morning. It is just taken a ginormous. Well, I probably shouldn't finish that sentence. Um, but uh, I had 25 articles uh, carefully arranged, highlighted, etc. They're all gone now. And I've been trying to reboot for the last 10 minutes. Uh, I think I should heed your advice, Jack, and go uh, go MacBook, go Apple entirely in my setup in the studio. I'm thinking about it. You know, it's interesting. So that came up the other day, and I said that I, I, I don't know how to do anything on PCs because I've been all Apple uh, my whole adult life since I got into computers. And I just don't, I don't know how to handle it. They seem so foreign and complicated to me. We got an email from somebody in in angry language, of course, uh, because oh, of course. that's the that when in Rome. I, I I I'll never understand why some of you approach these topics with such anger. But anyway, um, with the I- trolls and rotten MFers who ought to be killed. With the idea of you know, speak for yourself. Apple's impossible for me to figure out. PC is intuitive. I find Apple to be a force. So I thought, okay, maybe I was just assuming that everybody looks at it this way. I find Apple products. I, I never read instructions on anything. It's just obvious how to do everything. Mm, I have not found that. Mm. Uh, but anyway, so uh, maybe i got to go get another MacBook because I don't want to use the one in the recording studio because I just uh, I haul they, it back and forth. It's not good. They are a lot pricier. There's no doubt about that. Well, and according to your story, it, it, you know they could probably accommodate me in the year 2027 in Fargo, North Dakota. But uh, 
That's what it's going to take. By the way, executive producer Hansen pointed out in my ear, I would like to distance myself from your remarks. As you called the L.A. City Council meeting a zoo. Uh, given some of the people speaking and the animals that are in zoos, I think you are practically like that uh, whatever woman that has stepped away. Um, so I'm distancing you know, myself from Joe Getty's remarks. Yeah, okay, fine. Because uh, nobody ever describes a raucous and uncontrolled scene as a zoo. Unless, I made that up on the spot out of pure animus and racism. <laughs> out of racism, exactly. <laughs> There's lots of animus in the zoo. <laughs> Anyway, that's straight out of the Marx Brothers. Uh, Where were we? Laptops, laptops. That brings to mind what? Ah, yes, Hunter Biden and his infamous laptop. Uh, Brett Baer did an interview with an ex-CIA dude. He has Uh, way more videos of himself shirtless and or completely (laughs) naked on his laptop than I do. Brett Baer or Hunter Biden? Hunter Biden. Or the CIA dude. I'm pretty sure there's not a single video of me walking around wang-a-swinging on my laptop. <laughs> well, in, in the whole recording yourself having sex with prostitutes thing, I mean, I, I can't dig it or relate to it, but I get it. While doing drugs, holding a loaded gun. Right. Just what, what are, well, see, that's why what are I was you driving wanting? At. I don't do that anyway, but um, uh, maybe I should try it. But uh, As Jerry wh- Seinfeld once said to, uh, to David Letterman, I got a punchline. Um, but what I was driving at is recording yourself having sex with prostitutes. I understand recording the long, dull, mundane conversation after I can't imagine what's going on. (laughs) Uh, it just seems like there's so many crimes happening. You're married. There's drugs. There's a gun. There's a hooker. Your dad's the president. There's just so many reasons you wouldn't want that video. It's just odd that he uh, takes them and keeps them on his laptop and then. You know, we'll just hand the laptop off to a rando if he's having a problem with a password or something. Right, like I'm having right now. Uh, so uh, are you trying to suggest that being a crackhead uh, affects your judgment? Is that your point? Perhaps. Anyway, so uh, Brett Bear was talking to this ex-CIA dude about um situation in Ukraine and nukes and intelligence and that sort of thing. Uh, and I thought it was a pretty good conversation, really informative. But then to my surprise, and probably the surprise of most of his viewers, uh, Brett uh, changed directions... And brought up the infamous letter from, what was it, 52 current and former intelligence officials saying that the Hunter Biden laptop bore all the earmarks of of Russian uh, misinformation. And he asked this guy, as you're about to hear, about uh, what about all that now that we know it's totally legit. Let's go ahead and start with uh, clip 50. In October, days before the 2020 election, you signed on to this open letter that was published by Politico. It said, we write to say that the arrival on the U.S. political scene of emails purportedly belonging to Vice President Biden's son, Hunter, much of it related to his time serving on the board of the Ukrainian gas company Burisma, has all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. Right. Why did you sign on to that? Yeah, because of what it says. It has all the classic earmarks of one of these operations. You'll note elsewhere in the letter, if you read it, that it also says we don't know if this is a Russian operation at all. That has been dramatically changed in the retelling of the story. But the letter is merely pointing out that this is the kind of thing that time after time after time, people who study Russian disinformation, intelligence officers who look at Russian tactics over the long period of time, this is the kind of thing they like to amplify to sow discord within target countries. Now, sometimes that target country is the United States. Most often in the Cold War, it was Europe. 
But the fact is, the tactic is an old one, a tried and true one, and it's been successful but in, in the past. in this case, it was not true. It was not true. In fact, the New York Times found that um, these are authenticated. The Washington Post writes thousands of emails purportedly from the laptop computer of Hunter Biden are authentic communications that can be verified through cryptographic signatures from Google and other technology companies, say mm -hmm. two security experts who examined the data. New York Post, who did the story first, says, holy cow, here are these other verifications. Nobody prepares for an interview better than Brett Bear. Right, right. So make a mental note, would you, that uh, that the uh, CIA guy whose name is David Priest or uh, Price Priest, um, used the word disinformation in his answer, describing you know what sort of Russian schemes might be afoot. Uh, the the argument continues, and it's two very smart guys, one of whom has an indefensible position, fencing. And I just enjoyed it for the uh, the word craft of it. But see who you think gets the better of whom. Clip 51. And then in the debate, right before the election, uh, now President Biden used it. Take a listen. Please. Because look, Very there are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. You mean the laptop is now another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And that's exactly it. what. Is this that's where exactly you go? what. This is told. where he's understanding how you characterize it, but yeah. he characterized it differently and used it in a debate just days before an election. Yeah, I'll let President Biden speak for himself. He's capable of doing that. What I'll do is say that it has all the classic earmarks of a Russian campaign in the way it was disseminated and propagated through media. So this guy is claiming. We just wanted to alert everybody to the earmarks. We weren't saying in any way that we believed it to be Russian disinformation. Perish the thought. Jack, any comment before we roll on? Yeah, that's uh, pretty weak. Pretty weak yeah. tea. Yeah, well, here's where he tries to serve that weak tea to the audience. Do you regret signing on to the letter? Oh, absolutely not, because well, those words are still true. Do you think it has all the classic the earmarks. Of an election? Oh, absolutely not. No, this Even is. No, it wasn't true. No. It had the classic earmarks, but it wasn't true. What is not true? That it was Russian disinformation. That's not what we said in the letter. Read the actual letter, and we said we do not know if this is Russian disinformation. It has right? all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. Exactly. The I difference between an information campaign and a disinformation campaign and a Joe misinformation Biden. campaign. It's Hold not on. my fault the if people nuance. don't look up definitions. I know, but you're, the purpose of the letter is to have an effect. And the nuance that you're talking about here never made it to candidate Biden because he said it plainly on a debate stage that obviously affected the dynamic, Man, don't you think? I would absolutely love for all news media to show nuance on all these issues instead of racing to sound bites. And in this case, some news media race to sound bites. That's not helpful for the American people. And you I really wish that people. Was helpful for the American people. Well, instead of quoting one sentence from it, if people actually read maybe an entire paragraph, it shows in that we don't know if it's Russian. It affected anything. I don't know if it affected anything. But we don't analyze to. American political environment. We were trying to. What we were trying to do is point out <laughs> that this has all the classic earmarks of a Russian information <laughs> campaign. Not to say it's Russian disinformation, but to say that the propagation through American media and international media has all the classic earmarks of a Russian information campaign because we've seen it over and over and over again. They love to sow these kind of divisions and exacerbate them. That's not American. That's Russian. I got you. Yeah. But it ended up being a Biden information campaign because he used it in the campaign and in that debate. I encourage you to ask him about that. And I will. That is that is something. So that guy's going to claim that he just 100 percent, he didn't have any intention of that uh, taking the steam out of the Hunter Biden story at all. 
No, that wasn't my intention in any way. Yes, I've been following your husband now for a week, and his activities bear all the earmarks of uh, an affair. Oh, no. Oh, I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying he got those old earmarks. You know? <laughs> Take a look at them ears. They're all marked up. Wait a second. What, am I, to suggest what are you getting all upset about? Why are you so? Why are you crying? I didn't say he is. I just said his activities have all the earmarks of an affair. Why As you, a professional who's been doing this my entire life. Stop crying. Right. What a joke. Kimberly Strassel of the Wall Street Journal editorial yeah. board. Yeah. Uh, she had some comments to uh, clip 53. Now this kind of latter-day parsing of all of this, Russian information versus disinformation, and all the earmarks. Look, it was simply wrong, okay? And yet, at a very crucial time, right before an election, these people marched in and gave their credibility to the notion that this truly was a Russian disinformation campaign, caused all the media to back them, and caused several uh, social media places to not even run you know, the New York Post. And and basically stopped information from getting out to the public. And now they want to pretend that didn't happen. They shut down a story that could have altered the election because they hated Donald Trump so much. That should frighten the hell out of you that our intelligence agencies are willing to do that at this point. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and the first person to come out and say, yeah, we put aside our rules and even our ethics because we thought it was an emergency. You know, I'll salute them for their honesty, if yeah. not their, you know, uh, sense of duty. Yeah, that's the argument that Sam Harris, the podcaster, has been making. I don't agree with him, but at least he says out loud, I think the rules were different for Donald Trump because he was such a unique threat. I think it was worth, uh, you know, ignoring journalistic rules, ignoring the FBI and CIA going outside their lanes. I think it was worth it because Donald, he, at least he says it out loud. These other people aren't saying it out loud, but that's exactly what they did and clearly what they believed. No, 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 I said information, not disinformation. Except you'd said disinformation like 20 seconds ago. So, yeah, get your bull ass straight before you inflict it on the rest of us, you lying liar. Yeah, that is something. Wow. And troubling, because they're deciding which candidates should be president and which ones shouldn't in a, in a democracy. Uh, more on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. President Biden and other G7 leaders held a virtual meeting with Ukrainian President Zelensky and pledged to support Ukraine for as long as it takes. Biden promised Zelensky that the U.S. will continue providing Ukraine with the support needed to defend itself. It was a strong, powerful message until the other leader said, Joe, you're on mute. Joe, Joe, you're on press. We can't hear. That's an old people are bad with technology joke. Oh, that is fair. We've all done that anyway, right? Like every day, practically. I think, well, yeah, I think it's worth bringing up the fact that uh, my PC is uh, just misbehaving like crazy. Both of us have had weird stuff happen with our iPhones in the last several days that have never happened before. Is there something going on? Anybody uh, think there's a virus going around or anything like that? My iPhone is completely dead. This is a brand new 14. You got any... Alex was nodding yes. Yeah, my, uh, I was trying to send just regular text messages. They wouldn't go through unless it went to another iPhone. 
Weird. I've never heard of that. My iPhone is completely dead. 14 that I've had for a week. I've never had an iPhone. I've owned eight of them, and they've all been great. I've never had one die ever, including at the end of its life, having dropped it 100 times. This one's brand new. Completely dead. That's weird. Do you have it plugged into a charger? Uh, it's it, Well, it was on like 30% when it died. It oh. shouldn't die. And it won't do anything when you plug it in. Nothing. It doesn't get the little Apple signal. Anyway, I've never had, it could just be a faulty product, but it just seems weird that Yours is acting up in ways that it hasn't before, and mine died at the yeah. same time. I don't yeah, know. mine's mine's working. Is this the uh, the the Russian cyber attack? Uh, Let's spread fear, regardless of the facts. Wow, there you go. Uh, this is not fear. This is true. It makes me fearful, but it's true. Uh, wholesale prices rose 0.4% in September. The September numbers are out today. More than expected, which is always bad as inflation persists. Despite the Federal Reserve trying to choke off inflation by raising interest rates as much as they have, uh, the Wednesday Bureau of Labor Statistics are out, and the producer price index, a measure of prices the U.S. businesses get for goods and services they produce, increased 0.4% for the month compared to the Dow Jones estimate of 0.2%. I would call that roughly double. <laughs> um Excluding food, energy, and trade services, the index was up 0.4, 5.6% from a year ago, matching the August increase, so it did not slow. It's zero. It's zero. It's the same as last month, so the increase is zero. Inflation oh is zero. We'll be hearing later today. Food prices helped boost the increase in goods inflation with 1.2% monthly increase. Energy rose 0.7% after posting massive gains the previous two months, so... I guess you'd call that slowing if you're going to try to come up with good news, but yeah, slowing the rate of growth, right? But uh, so it's running near its highest level in more than 40 years is the headline on the inflation. It's about the same. And yeah. remember, we played that guy from Face the Nation, their economic expert they had on over the weekend, saying, "Look." Inflation is likely to go down when the numbers come out. It uh, doesn't appear to be the case. But he said, that's not the story anyway. It's the how much damage is going to be done to the economy and how long will it last from the, the things the Fed has had to do to choke it off. Well, it hasn't even choked it off yet, apparently. Wow, wow, wow. And everybody who has uh, A, uh, any knowledge of this and B, a little common sense, understands that it's and it, it's very much like choking. I want to choke them into unconsciousness, but not death. I mean, because it's an imprecise thing, choking an economy and not causing you know catastrophic brain damage to torture a torture. Is this, metaphor. Is this one of those sex games with a like a <laughs> no, a Mr. Dahmer, or a tie not or even something? close, Jeffrey Dahmer. No, no, sir. Uh, so yeah, they may choke too hard. From what I understand, you want to see kind of like stars, but no further than that, from what I've read. Well, you're the expert, sir. I don't know. I am not an expert. I do not understand the appeal. Sorry. (laughs) So uh, the L.A. Council fracas, racial divides, everybody's angry, everybody's trying to grasp at power will bring you up to date on that. And it's pretty funny in parts, so it's, it's entertaining all the way around. That's coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Businessweek, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday... 
I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Three Los Angeles City Council members, all Latino Democrats, led by Councilwoman Nuri Martinez. I see a lot of little short, dark people. Hateful comments fired in all directions, and no one pushed back. Her critics, Nuri's jury, include Bonin, a furious father. First, you must resign and then ask for forgiveness. Martinez was a no-show today, taking what she called a leave of absence. Yeah. That's Andy. It's like when the the cops down in Uvalde did that. I'm going to step away uh, from the situation here. Yeah, you're stepping away because that way you don't have to answer any questions. That's why you're stepping away. Yeah, I generally step away from firestorms of my own creation, too. So we're talking about Nuri Martinez, who is the L.A. Council president, Gil Cedillo and Kevin DeLeon, who are council, council members, both of whom have been super heavyweights in California politics over the last 20 years. I mean, right below the governor and Ron Herrera, leader of the powerful L.A. County Federation of Labor, all chatting behind the scenes and casting racial aspersions. 
uh, you know, hard-fisted, bare-knuckled uh, belittling of uh, black interests in the city in favor of Latino interests um, and just uh, kind of exposing themselves for the, the lying hypocrites that they are. And then you layer on that real outrage from some people and then fake outrage because, you know, fake outrage is super useful these days. It's kind of funny to me that the, these people we're talking about, the evildoers, they're the kings and queens of fake outrage. And now they're having it turned on them. So live by the sword, die by the sword. Uh, but the L.A. City Council had a meeting yesterday, and it was just a fracas. Uh, here is how it began at 21. Could, could I please ask for the opportunity for this meeting to begin so that we can speak and that you can speak to the issue that has brought you all here. Man, listen no, to that and crowd. Yes, bull us. I hate you. Uh, well, th- there's there's reason for legitimate outrage. I mean, you do not want people with that much power talking that way. No. Well, And it's not the talking that way. It's the problem. It's the fact that they think that way, that they believe that way. That was clear. So I just found out today that's from a year ago, that audio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last fall. And who had it and for how long and why is an interesting question. Well, I haven't even seen anybody delve into that. And it would strain credulity to believe that that was a one-off unique meeting and that they don't talk that way regularly. It would be kind of hard to believe that. And so how many people, I don't have any idea how many people would be in the room of a city council meeting. I mean, all the people in the city council and some of their helpers or spouses or friends, or there's got to be a, a fair number of people that are, that are hearing these conversations and n- never leaked out in a year or years. Because again, mm-hmm. I think that that's probably the way they talk on a regular basis. They're just so comfortable talking that way. Yeah, and some of it was legit, really awful things to say and and shows, you know, the racism that all uh, ethnicities hold uh, to a greater or lesser degree. The the great critical race theory lie that only white people have racism is just ridiculous and bizarre. Uh, You know, I I know people uh, certainly of other ethnic groups who say, oh, my God, our group's incredibly racist. Yeah, was that Um, Hispanic fragility, their views there? Is that what was going on? Yeah, good job. Yeah, they've got to do the work. They've got to examine their Hispanic fragility. Um, But it's, again, it's just all that stuff is just an effort to gain power. So much of ethnic politics is and always has been. uh, uh, You can strive in, again, a bare-knuckled way for what you want. Then as soon as you're opposed, you scream, racism, bigotry, whatever. They're trying to take away our rightful this, that, and the other. And, in fact, some of the stuff they've discussed that's not getting as much attention as referring to one little boy as a monkey is uh, that that sort of bare-knuckled, sharp-elbowed, wanting more power. For their political block, which I found kind of interesting, but um, and uh, you know, I guess we're gonna. Where's uh, Mike Bonin on the list? Uh, there it is. We'll get to him in a bit. One of the aggrieved parties is this uh, member of the city council who adopted. He's a white guy, uh, a gay fella. He and his husband adopted a black boy, and we'll get to that uh, eventually. But first of all, here's some of the people who are speaking at the city council meeting. It got colorful. Twenty-two. First of all, fuck you, De Leon. Nori and Sadio. This whole meeting right here because it's illegitimate. The people are shutting this down afterwards. This whole thing is racist. The fact that they had the audacity to sit here in front of the people that they mocked, that they minimized, that they demonized, that they marginalized is unacceptable. 
Wow. Wow. And she's just getting started. The fact that you are trying to continue with business as usual is unacceptable. 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 We are the people and we are the voices who matter in this room right now, not yours. I yield the rest of my time, but f- this. <laughs> Our favorite clip. <laughs> I yield the rest of my time, but f this. Wow. I yield the rest of my time, but f- this. Yeah, I'm gonna start. A, I'm gonna start using that a lot. I might use that at the Apple Store today. Unacceptable. <laughs> I might Leaving say that too. Meetings at the end of dinner. Unacceptable. I yield the rest of my time and f this. I yield um, the rest of my time, but f this. Uh, and again, the names she's turned around: De Leon, Cedillo, two of the most powerful people in the fifth biggest economy in the world. Over the this, the couple decades I've lived in California, I mean, powerful people that she's calling out there. Yeah, yep. So one of the uh, the truly horribly racist things that was said uh, was uh, this: Nuri Martinez uh, described the black son of Councilmember Mike Bonin as a little monkey. In Spanish, here is Councilman Bonin. I'm a dad who loves his son in ways that words cannot capture. And I take a lot of hits, and in hell, I know I practically invite a bunch of them. But my son? Man, that makes my soul bleed, and it makes my temper burn, and I know I'm not alone. Bleeding souls, burning tempers. That's a rough day. Oh, I, you know, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I referred to all of my children as monkeys, regularly, to their faces. I've referred to other people's children as, like, little monkeys. Uh, and they have referred to mine, et cetera. Everybody describes little children as monkeys affectionately all of the time. Now, if this Mike Bonin character took that somehow racially, his kid was like running around on a float in a parade. Now, Nuri Martinez, the uh, other super heavyweight politician who's hiding now, uh, also said somebody ought to take that little kid around the corner and, and whoop the hell out of him, essentially. He's two years old, or was at the time. I mean, that's pretty objectionable. Uh, maybe I'm just not a crier. I wouldn't be crying at the city council meeting yeah. over that. You should be more upset if they were drawing redistricting lines that, you know, block out your ability to have any power as a black community. That's what you should get upset about. Which, they, right. which is what people are looking at now. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Going to the racist comments is, of course, what the lazy, lazy media does, because they know you can always light a fire with that. Bunch of monkeys, and, the media. And then again, I think uh, there's, there's, there's some real outrage, but the, the perpetrators of fake outrage are now getting it themselves, which I find somehow delicious, although silly on one level. But the media, of course, is lapping it up because it's conflict and racial conflict. Uh, let's see. Speaking of racial conflict, one thing that became clear from the uh, recording was that the Hispanic folks were trying best they could to get as much, uh, you know, real estate and district power and all to themselves and away from the black people. That was one of the contexts in which this Nori Martinez woman was making really ugly, racist comments about Oaxacan people, more native-looking people in Mexico. And if you know anything about Mexico, and we got a couple of emails on this topic, there's tremendous racism in uh, in Mexico, depending on the, the color and lightness of your skin. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to find if I can... Oh, here it is. Uh, we'll call him Al Anonymous. 
Uh, I studied Spanish language and history in college. My wife and I honeymooned in Mexico City, etc. One of my instructors once told me that a common insult in Mexico was no seas indio or don't be an Indian. Typically used by white Mexicans descended from the Spanish toward the brown Mexicans descended from the original pre-Spanish conquest in Mexico. All status is based on skin color. Yeah, that's a divide I didn't know existed until I spent enough time traveling around Mexico, but it's pretty, pretty apparent. Anyway, uh, getting back to the L.A. Council fracas, uh, speaking of Hispanic people and black people and that sort of thing, here is a preacher who came before the assembled uh, body to preach her truth. Peace and blessings, everyone. Scientific research has told us that the oldest bones found were that of a black woman. This information is for Nuri, Ron, Gil, and Kevin, and anybody else talking in that Jim Crow antebellum South back room. You will not shame blackness. You will not shame our royal children. We like in the woman king will come for you. We are coming for you today. Are we coming for him? Yeah. I said, are we coming for him? Yeah. We could not have them sitting amidst this family meeting because they have soiled their seats. Their seats are poisonous. The seat of Nuri is poisonous. And you got bleeding souls. Hearts on fire, soiled seats. That's quite a meeting. And what what was that about the bones? <laughs> well, in the antebellum south. So the, the southern attitudes of the, six, the 1860s have been brought to Los Angeles by people from Mexico? I just find that hard to believe. Who are insulting Oaxacans. Okay. All right. Not sure I follow, uh, Reverend, but uh, thank you so much for your... Uh, your testimony there, and finally, protesters chanting fuera or out in the hallway. Now, I wonder, are those folks aggrieved on behalf of uh, darker-skinned Mexican people? Or just in principle, because they're obviously Spanish speakers, mm. and they're trying to heave out all these Hispanic politicians for their sins. That's a good question right there. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know the dynamics there. If you do, text us, 415-295-KFTC. I don't, I don't know what's going on there. They're angry at the leaders of the Hispanic community in L.A. They may just legitimately not want their own people to be racist either well and there are plenty of darker skinned uh, oh, mexican sure. immigrants to our land sure uh, who yeah, would yeah. be pissed off at being described in truly insulting fashion and you know back to your point which i think was a really good one that these people are having a discussion there are four of them no pushback no nothing they're all in agreement speaking openly in a work setting in a way that if you're a white person you're doomed your oh, yeah. career is over. I mean, uh, we have the uh, the great benefit of not thinking that way, so I wouldn't say stuff like that anyway. But the idea that you would say it out loud in front of a group of people, I'll run into somebody like that sometimes, and, man, they are off my list. I think you have no judgment. Right. I cannot hang around you. Well, their judgment is I'm surrounded by a whole bunch of people that think so much like me, I can just say this out loud. That's mm-hmm. That's what should bother people i think 
Yeah, and that's the power. That's the throne. That's the the royalty of California politics right there. Not a secret recorded phone call between two people they thought were in private. No, this is in a room with quite a few people in it, I got to believe. Well, certainly those four, and I don't know the context of the recording, and again, it's kind of weird yeah. somebody held on to it for a year. How how long did they know it was there? And uh, What is going on there? And how many meetings uh, have similar audio? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but you know, if there's one overarching theme here, and I've probably already made it clear, but whoever released that audio was engaging in the same thing that uh, these people engage in all the time, dressing up brutal politics all about power in the garb of ethnicity and racism and and my people and the rest of it i've been seeing it my whole life it's as old as time and it's generally phony as hell now i'm not talking about legit civil rights struggles not at all that is as legit as legit gets but the whole you know redrawing district lines to try to get the hispanic people more power and all that's just old style politics well my overarching theme is this i yield the rest of my time but this Right. <laughs> I heard you, sister. <laughs> More on the way. I yield the rest of my time, but this. Armstrong and Getty. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. And Alvarez belts it deep to right field. Houston goodbye. Unbelievable. The Astros a walk-off win. Yoran Alvarez a walk-off three-run homer. And the Astros stun the Mariners. Yeah, it's funny. I remember hearing that before about the Astros with various walk-off home runs and stunning various teams. And I remember rooting for the Astros and then finding out they were... Counting how many times somebody banged on a trash can because they were cheating and knowing what the pitch was ahead of time. That's how they managed all those amazing walk-off home runs against all the odds. Unacceptable! Or or that... <laughs> unacceptable. Or that fantastic video of little Altuve coming around the corner after the home run where he's pulling at his jersey trying to get the vibrating thing out of there before, <laughs> before he gets caught. Wow. Wow. Whatever that was. So much cheating. Poker tournaments, chess uh, matches, uh, chess matches, uh, fishing tournaments, etc. People sticking stuff up them, banging on cans. We had an update. Whatever happened to the high road, huh? We had an update on that guy who was cheating at chess, but I'll have to find that. I think they've got him dead to rights at this point. Yeah, they figure out he's been cheating uh, from the beginning. So a little more on the L.A. City Council fracas that I found interesting. The New York Times did some decent writing about it. Uh, here's a quote from a longtime L.A. leader, Zev Yaroslavsky, served for 40 years on the city council and the board of soups. He says, as much as it was a racist, racial, ethnic disparagement of everyone in town, it was more about power. It was a raw power grab, which was, you know, what I've been saying. Uh, and old Nuri Martinez had the good sense to hide out. She didn't even show up to the meeting. Cedillo and De Leon did show up, but were so, they were, they were hooted off the stage. They had to leave. They had to flee. And so, uh, Councilman Mitchell Farrell presided over the meeting as president pro tem. Can you imagine uh, if, if this, if it would, instead of being Hispanic and black, if white was involved, what a story oh, this would be? This would be the only Firestorm. story in the country right now. Yeah. Well, and here's where it gets interesting. Um, uh, Scrolling down, for more than a half century, L.A. politics has been a study in demographic constituencies and race relations. Hey, those of you who want to make everything about race and ethnicity, want all politics to be, forget colorblind or the content of your character, let's make everything about everybody's ethnicity all the time. Well, here's what you get, this description. Uh, da, da, da. Not for nothing is Rodney King's plea during the 92 riots uh, as uh, viewed as the city's signature utterance. Can we all just get along? White Angelinos, particularly in San Fernando Valley and city's affluent west side, have long controlled the city's wealth and power, but they now represent only 28% of the population. The city's black community with a vibrant middle class and powerful community leaders, and they name check a few, have long wielded clout. Still, black Angelinos are leaving the cities as many are priced out of the communities they've built over decades Although 20% of the council seats are held by black elected officials, black Angelinos make up only 8.8% of the population. I didn't know that. Overrepresentation. The city's Asian community has become a rising political force with nearly 12% of the population, but Latinos make up the city's largest ethnic group uh, by far. Sure. And in recent years, young progressives who studied the L.A. riots in school have risen to power learning from past racial and ethnic conflicts in the city. Then they mention labor organizers and their sway with the Latino uh, you know, community. Um, and then you get back to Yaroslavsky, who now teaches at uh, UCLA. 
And he says, look, this is all just used as a raw power grab, all this ethnic stuff. I mean, I'm paraphrasing him, and I'm sure he wouldn't like my paraphrasing, but um, the question is how you deal with the tension. I think there's a lot of effort made in the city and county to manage it. Yep, when you pit people against each other all the time, 365 days a year, based on ethnicity, it gets hard to manage. Interesting. Uh, If you ever miss an hour of the show, and we've had a couple of good hours today, one hour was bad, but I won't tell you which hour. You'll have to listen to the podcast. Oh, it'll be clear. (laughs) I'm searching for Armstrong and Getty on demand. Oh, yeah, one hour was a stinker, but you'll have to listen to find out. You know, one final point, the idea that a Korean small business person and a black small business person aren't of the same sort of interest, that's ugly. That's racist. Armstrong and Getty. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.